How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? CuriosityStream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, give the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com gift. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. It's the podcast for TV lovers from three TV obsessives. Hi, I'm Luke, runner of the website thecustardtv.com. Just one of the trio of TV obsessives this week. Joining me is Matt in the North. Hello. And site contributor Will Barber Taylor, the first person ever to have three names on the podcast. <laughs> Hello. We've not had a three name person on yet. Well, I'm really honoured to be the first one. I like the fact it- that you've got three names. It's something that people comment on a lot. Sorry, uh, sorry to do, sorry to do yeah, the obvious. Yeah. <laughs> is it hyphenated? It is hyphenated. I do like a hyphen in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be, a bit, it'd be a bit weird if it was sort of like Will and then hyphenated Barbara Taylor. Cause that oh, would I like that even more, actually, <laughs> now I think about it. Luke and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for doing this. Tell us what your favourite show is of all time. What is the one, somebody asks you, what's your favourite show of all time, as I am doing now, what would your answer be? Uh, um, oh, that is a tricky one because there are so many great TV shows. I want I think a hyphenated it's... answer as well. <laughs> I think then, if I'm, if, if I'm going to go for a hyphenated answer, i go for Doctor hyphen who, uh, which I think works quite well because okay. you could say that the character's first name is Hyphen. Doctor Who. Doctor Hyphen Who. Yeah, I, th- I, think I'd, I think I'd go for that. But also, I didn't expect when you joined us for the podcast to be so hyphen heavy this soon. <laughs> it's an interesting twist no, we've taken. It is an interesting twist. I, <laughs> I, think, I hope you're going to include other forms of punctuation in future podcasts. Yes. So, this is the podcast, as I say, for TV obsessives, from three TV obsessives, four shows to review as always, then Will has to take on the ultimate TV quiz in Boxmaster. But first, we put our feelers out on social media. What question did we ask this week, Matt? It's sort of a flip on last week's question. Um, It's what show sort of did you initially dismiss maybe... Like, you watched the first episode and thought, this isn't for me, but then you gave it another go, and now it's one of your favourite programmes. Will, what's yours? I think someone commented uh, that they said that it was Peaky Blinders, and I think it's the same for me. That would be Luke. 
Stealer, steal my you, you hyphens. You've got two, haven't you, though? Luke? Yeah, I've got so. another one, though. But yeah, I agree with you, Peaky Blinders. I saw that first episode and just wasn't that enamoured, and then we watched it again for a podcast on the slow week when we sort of looked at shows we'd, funnily enough, dismissed or never seen, and I really enjoyed it. I don't know, it just didn't strike me as much with the first episode as it did with the second one. But then re-watching the first episode uh, a year later, I found things that I enjoyed in it yeah. that I hadn't found on the first watching. So That's I don't weird, because with Peaky Blinders, he's seen the first episode of each series, but nothing else. Mm. Or at least no, I think I watched. The, I think I watched a couple from series one. I think okay. maybe the first two or three, but it just wasn't for me. I think I just really couldn't get into it. And we've discussed this before on the podcast. It's just the style of it for me. Luke, what was your other one? Because you had two. Well, I had Peaky Blinders, and I was going to say a really interesting <laughs> fact about <laughs> Sorry it. But about I'll, that. I'll leave that. Uh, no, mine was actually an older one than that. Mine is South Park, which I sort of dismissed as being quite crude. And quite childish and quite, you know, just sweary and crude is a great word. I'm going to use it again because <laughs> I can. Crude. And actually, Matt is a massive fan and I thought, well, I'll see what he, see if I can see what he sees in this. And sometimes it does match the original description that I gave it. But on the whole, it tells important stories from a, from a skewed angle it's got some heart, and I'm, I've am i now seen, apart from Series 1, I think I've seen every episode of South Park and really enjoyed it. Yes, it has its peaks and troughs, but um, on the whole, where other animated sitcoms like The Simpsons and Family Guy have sort of fallen off the wagon a bit, it's still, perhaps because it does so few a year, manages to stay on an even uh, It's quite a commitment, that, because there's sort of 200-odd episodes, isn't there? I know, again, I say it every week, empty life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I haven't got any hyphens to be dealing with. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think hyphens, you know, just adding them in the middle of random words, it does take up a, a lot of time. Do you, do you put it when you do your signature? It depends sometimes, because sometimes if I'm just being a bit lazy, I'll just put barber tape, because that's just easier. But other times I will bother to put the hyphen in. It depends on how I'm feeling, really. Just so you know, these hyphen questions will come at you thick and fast as they arrive. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Will. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, fine. It's fine. Did... So, uh, they're, they're quite interesting. I've never had like ones like about the signature before. So, you know. <laughs> this is what the podcast is for. Yeah. <laughs> right, what else did we get in, Matt, on this? Well, you haven't asked me what mine was yet. Oh, what's yours, Matt? <laughs> And I know this is another one of yours because I convinced you to watch this after I'd given it another go. And it's him and her. Yes, um, yes, one of my favourites. I'd watched the first episode and dismissed it. And I remember why as well because there's that whole thing about Melanie C in the first episode. And there's a thing, a recurring thing about Titanic as well, isn't there? Well, in watching also, that video. It's Titanic. just, it's just like, sex obsessed in that mm. first episode as yeah. well. Mm. And. And I, I don't think I've rewatched that first episode ever, so I don't know whether it does. It just feels very, it, it felt, all the references felt very dated. And it, I think what it was, was it had come in like a few people has had it as like their TV shows of the year. I think it was 2011, was it? Yeah, or it started in 2011. 2011. No, it started, uh, did it start in 2010? 
I don't know. These are things yeah. people can now Google on their own. 2010 or 20, around that time anyway. And I um, rented the DVD on Love Film. This is sort of dates it a little oh, wow. bit. <laughs> wow. Um, a series and just watched it sort of almost straight in one go and really enjoyed it. And then mm. convinced you to watch it. And then we were both massive fans, yeah. weren't we, of it at the end. I still um, do so, yeah. watch it on a case. If I need something just for half an hour, I will just stick on him and her because yeah. they are so... Brilliantly observed. and yeah. So, yeah, to answer your earlier question, um, social media, we had um, Lauren Jones. Um, Yay! Downton Abbey, she says. My mum went on at me for over a year to watch it, finally did, and loved it. Erin has said, um, there's probably more that I can't think of, but for me it's the Scottish sitcom Two Doors Down. It's always been on in my house, so that strangely put me off it. But the last couple of years, I've started watching it properly, and it's one of my favourite ever comedies now. I refuse to watch it because it's always on. Mm. <laughs> I love that. That argument's I, great. I, I think what that she is means is probably like her parents like it, mm. and that's yeah. that's sort of what she what she means. Tim Kelly says Gogglebox. Yeah, I remember. Cheap. I was the one who got him into that. You're and welcome. me actually as well. That was one of. I would say that was one of mine. I thought it was a cheap gimmick. Who would watch? Who would watch some nobodies watching TV? <laughs> Loved it. Some great personalities on show. Laughed and cried while watching many times over the years. Um, Beth Wright says period dramas as a whole. Downton Abbey, Peaky Blinders, called the midwife. But I also avoided Sherlock like the plague. Can't imagine not having seen any of them now. Game of Thrones came through a lot. Um, Chris Lang said um, he dismissed it as kids' fantasy for years, then binged first four seasons in about three months with my kids. Empty life. I'm just just thinking, how old are his kids? (laughs) 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 They're they're toddlers. (laughs) Uh, Tweedledum said he um, bullied into watching it last year by a colleague, binge-watched the entire thing. Also says The Sopranos. Um, yeah. avoided it until now watching reruns on Sky Atlantic and current favourite show Barry Chambers um, has said the in-between is something that I personally never got into and maybe I'm sort of working with a bit of a prejudice here heard people oh. at work continued quoting it which is never a good thing especially when out of context immediately decided that it must be crap and I was too old for it finally watched an episode and loved it Mo Walker said Succession Given Love that it was created by Jesse Armstrong, I expected it to be more of a comedy and satire. As the series progressed, I saw a Shakespearean tragedy with a dark situational comedy bits. I was hooked after episode three or four. Angus T says one that I've never watched, um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Wasn't totally won over by the pilot, but stuck with it. The penny really dropped with episode four. It's got all the trappings of a kooky comedy, but beneath some very funny songs are some pretty dark and uncomfortable strands. It's a TV Trojan horse. Um, Pom has said again one of your favourites Parks and Recreation yes. um, something I've never given a proper go to thought it was going to be another dullish workplace show with occasional laughs now it's one of my favourite comedies of all time uh, proper podcasts have said Peep Show tried it when it came out and just didn't get it but gave it another go last month and binged all nine seasons empty life <laughs> uh, Julie Callahan says um, Doctor Who I thought it was stupid stuff for boys. I was only six and it was 1978. So, now I'm almost 47. I'm a proud Whovian and worship it. So uh, you know what I'm going to ask? Don't beat around the bush. Did he hyphenate it? She? She? She, sorry. Sorry, she. Uh, no, is the answer. Oh, then uh, we can't accept it as an answer. Yeah, no, no. No. Vicky Newman does say Peaky Blinders. Put off by the on-screen graphic violence. Did have to watch some scenes from Behind the Dog's Ears. 
So I'm, get, I'm guessing this is the, image. the dog's ears to sort of shield her eyes. <laughs> like brings the ears up. Like blinds. There might be very big ears. I mean, it depends on the size of the dog, that's really. The thing, yeah. That's the best thing that's ever happened on the podcast right there. Let's stop now. But we're not going to get any better than Character, that. Characters and storylines are great. Um, Good Wife just didn't appeal, but I was curious. I did get into it and loved it. Uh, Daryl Miller says, family business on BBC One. That's a bit of a deep dive, isn't it? Yeah. Had a terrible Uh, trailer, but tried it and it was excellent. I also thought Deadwood couldn't possibly be as good as the height. Tried it and didn't enjoy it at first until I got used to its style, then loved it. Some tastes are worth acquiring, which is is an interesting point with this. Just, as I say, just a few more. Matthew McLean um, (laughs) said he not only initially dismissed Gavin and Stacey, but passionately, but passionately hated it. I think I began watching it during James Corden's particularly egotistical phase in 2008-2009. That oh. marked my enjoyment of it. Then watching without any preconceptions, and I think it's one of the best sitcoms of the noughties. I tell you what, who said that about the dogs? It just remind me. Uh, that was uh, Vicky Newman. That's new the thing. If, if we, if we, like, some podcasts have merch, don't they? If we had the t-shirt, I would send her the t-shirt. Because I, because I'm just imagining it. How big is the dog? <laughs> Vicky, let us know on Twitter if you listen. How big is the dog? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to be crying about that for the rest of the day. Okay, <laughs> let's crack on. <laughs> what do you want to do first? We've got four shows to review. They're all a little bit crimey. Two foreign, two UK based. Endeavour, Baptiste, Trapped. Which is set all in Holland, oh, despite I, being I, UK based. Apologies, I can't breathe. That is the okay, let's thing. start with Baptiste. <laughs> I'll set this up because okay. uh, Luke seems to be having a bit of an aneurysm at the moment. <laughs> so this I'm is going to have a quiet lay down. So this is the spin-off to The Missing. Uh, we've got Checky Carrier back as Julian Baptiste. I got him as living in Amsterdam, but is he just visiting? I or don't do know. I, I think he lives there. And he's sort of semi-retired at this point, but he's got his, his former boss slash lover. Takes him to a meeting at a cafe and says, can you investigate this... Uh, sex worker who's gone missing so he sort of finds himself embroiled in sort of seedy underbelly of the sort of sex workers and he's working alongside tom hollander's character edward stratton who's the uh, who says he's the uncle of this girl that's gone missing by the end of the episode we see him solve the case but then there's a sort of final twisty bit that sort of suggests that this is going to be an ongoing thing rather than just the story of the week um, Will, let's start with you. What, do you, what were your initial thoughts? Well, uh, had you seen The Missing before? Was, was this your first time with the character of Baptiste? Uh, no, I think I'd seen some of The Missing. I don't think I've seen all of it. Uh, I think I've seen a couple of episodes of the first and second series, respectively. So I did have sort of like a, an idea as to what the character was like I thought the opening of the first episode was um particularly attention grabbing it was not quite what <laughs> not quite what I um expected it did sort of like subvert my expectations somewhat uh I I enjoyed the mystery aspect of it I thought that was done very well um I thought the way that uh, Baptiste was introduced 
into the story uh, was was interesting. It it was a bit different than perhaps I've seen with other um, TV detective dramas. I thought Tom Holland was really good in it. He seemed a lot more. Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson Razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay with outstanding federal benefits and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. Um, tired and battered and uh, gruff. Bruised, yeah. yeah. We then, don't say gruff enough. Say, yeah, that's good, gruff, yes. Yeah, well, well I'm sort of like thinking of the... Um, of the facial hair and it just sort of like made me think you know gruff gruffalo i agree with everything you've said actually about the opening being shocking i mean this podcast is out on tuesday the episode went out on sunday so we can be a bit spoilery and say yeah. it's, it's somebody being strangled uh, and sort of suffocated to death and then as matt alluded to there's a, a twisty bit at the end of the first episode which i don't know we can discuss or not but uh, I was a massive fan of both series of The Missing. I think the Williams brothers really told both of those stories really well. The cast of both were really, really strong, and they had not only interesting stories around the missing people in their lives, but they had interesting things going on, and those stories also played with time and things, which isn't something I'm always a massive fan of, but in that seemed to work really well and just add to the mystery element. I have to say, with this, I was bored quite early on. I think I couldn't really work out why I didn't enjoy it. I don't really know why I didn't enjoy it, but I've decided because I'm on a podcast platform and I have to have a reason for my opinions. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> that I, that I just think that Baptiste is not that interesting of a character. I find him really boring. Mm. Mm. I find him dull. I think we hadn't noticed it so much in the missing because. In the first series, the focus was on James Nesbitt and his wife. Or in the second series, we had Keely Hawes and David Morrissey and a whole other story with, with Roger Allen and Laura Fraser and all that going on. So Baptiste turned up to sort of put the pieces together. But here, he's the main focus outside of Tom Holland. There's a couple of other things Tom going Hollander. on. Tom Hollander. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Tom Holland is Spider-Man. Well, you know, either way, it works. Uh, That would have perked it up, I think, having thought about it. But I I have to say, um, I did find it boring. I also found the the foreign villains quite cliché. And the whole thing, because Baptiste is obviously French, Checky Cario is French, it was very accenty all the way through. Mm -hmm. That sort of grated on me. Well, we've had a lot of that, though, this week. Yeah, 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 there's quite a lot. Yeah, fair enough, I asked you to watch two subtitled dramas, so I'm a massive hypocrite, you know what I mean? The thing is, though, uh, that twist, whilst intriguing, by the time it got there, I was so unengaged and had looked at the clock and the timestamp on the preview several times, unless you tell me either one of you or the internet goes, episode two is amazing, 
I've no desire to continue with Baptiste, and that's not something that gives me pleasure. I don't like knocking things down for the sake of it. Really, I don't. In this case, I was really disappointed, but most importantly, I was really bored. This is going to be my catchphrase, isn't it? I'm somewhere in the middle. <laughs> How can you be? In... Okay, yes, that is your catchphrase. We've said goodbye to hello. Well, well I'm somewhere in the middle the of middle. you really hating it and Will okay. really enjoyed it. And I'm somewhere <laughs> in the middle. Yeah. I mean, the opening scene to me felt like something out of sort of a standard BBC crime drama. I'm sure I've seen this before. Yeah. It's something like you would get maybe in like an episode of Shetland or something like that. <laughs> I would disagree when you said that he's not an interesting character. I think the scenes when he's on screen are the most compelling to me. I think Checky Cario is an engaging screen presence. I think when he wasn't on screen, that is where I started to get bored. I was like you in, in those certain scenes where he wasn't there. And I was like, what's going on? Like the scene when his wife's in the supermarket and she gets that device planted yeah, I mean, on. How did they know, A, that that was his wife and B, that she'd be at that supermarket? That's what annoyed me. <laughs> As you say, with with the missing, he was part of an ensemble. I, I again, disagree that he wasn't in the missing uh, sort of a vital character. I remember when he was running around Iraq with Andre from Trapped, for example. Um, I enjoyed those scenes. And he had that subplot in the second series with his brain tumour and everything like that. But I don't think there was any other characters apart from maybe Tom Hollander's um, Edward Stratton. I mean, I think we can talk about the twist in it because, you know, it's it's gone out, as you said. At the end, you find out that he he's sort of the villain of the piece, really. And he's got this 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 human head in his in his house for some strange reason. like that wasn't normal. Like, we don't all have a human head somewhere. <laughs> but I like, I like, I would praise the, the Williams brothers. I think they, they really write a good sort of character turn. Because I remember when we had um, Derek Riddle in the second series of The Missing, when you, you found out that he was the baddie there. Um, and I would say to a lesser extent, you and Grufford as well in Liar. It did intrigue me enough to watch the second episode. I think I'm, I'm more leaning towards you in being underwhelmed, but I still think that final twist, because obviously he finds her at the end of the first episode, and I was thinking, well, if he's found her now, is it going to be a sort of crime of the week type thing? And then this thing, you know, where we where we had that opening scene, is this just going to be the, the sort of thread throughout? But it looks like this Tom Hollander character, obviously there's something iffy with him, and I want to find out what it is. What did you think of the whole stuff with like the the sort of the sex change of this sort of criminal boss that has now reformed his ways when he's become a woman? Oh crikey, I'd forgotten all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I thought I'd, I thought you got you watched the Channel Four documentary halfway through. I thought, to be honest, I w- I was quite quickly quite disengaged, and there's little bits like the the farmer and his dog find something. Uh, presumably a body in in the field of tulips. There's a whole load of sex workers or just people being trafficked in that mm-hmm. are going to be playing a part. I would compare this to an episode of the BBC version of Wallander. Mm, I thought that actually as well. That was one of my thoughts. Where it looks good, but it's mm-hmm. all one level. It never really picks up. And occasionally, when you got these little threads like the tulip, the Body mm. And the set piece where on. they're running around Amsterdam being chased by that guy and they're trying yeah. to catch yeah. him. and I like that bit. Okay, well, well if we're just naming things we like, yeah. then that's not really a review. But <laughs> I, 
I don't know. I just I, yeah. No, I understand. I understand your hesitations, and yeah. I think maybe because we were that into the missing, and because we loved it so much, I think that sort of we have sort of got those preconceptions going in. But yeah, this this just didn't hit the mark, and it's only six where the missing got had eight in both mm. series, so it's got less time to tell a really really compelling story. No doubt the Williams brothers can do it, but here I just didn't feel engaged with it at any point so that is on sundays at nine o'clock on bbc one let us know what you think let us know whether you would think i've been too harsh on it or will's been too positive or matt's been too in the middle let us know (laughs) and uh matt's been too balanced (laughs) stop being so (laughs) so good with your things so balanced why don't you will walk us through the basic building blocks of the return of one of ITV's drama juggernauts endeavour. After the end of the uh, previous series, Cali Police Station, where Endeavour and the rest of the main cast were based, has been closed down. Uh, Endeavour has been relocated, but he's in uniform now. He's grown a moustache as well. That's not really relevant to the building blocks. It is. But... It's inc- as the first thing I was going to mention, so well done. <laughs> Thursday is back at City Police, uh, but he's been demoted after the death of George Fancy. Uh, and he's now following the orders of DCI Ronnie Box, who was in the previous series. And he's much more of a, uh, a gruffer character. OK, you can't yeah. use gruff twice. I mean, it was fun the first time. <laughs> Second time, sorry, you're just getting lazy. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I must just have uh, the gruffalo on my brain for some reason. <laughs> I, I, I think I should probably have that yeah. instead of the hyphen, so Barbara crossed out. <laughs> it's a bit of a shame Dakota Blue Richard still isn't in Endeavour, isn't it, really? Yeah, it saying. is. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a shame, because, uh, because she she had real potential... Um, to have a hyphen for, there. To have a hyphen, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, was my, that was the joke I was making. <laughs> <laughs> she had a real potential to have a hyphen. I feel we've drifted slightly. Yeah, we have drifted slightly. The main team's been split up, but they're all brought back together by the disappearance of a, uh, a little girl. Uh, Endeavour finds the body of the murdered girl by a pylon in the middle of a field, and he's then sucked into the investigation, and the, the main team attempt to solve the mystery with uh, DCI Box not wanting Endeavour to be involved because he thinks he's too much of a smart aleck, and he doesn't like someone in uniform solving his case so that's sort of just the 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 general building blocks of the first episode you can read will's review on the website but just as far as because this was somewhat of a reboot for endeavor we're in a new era a new time of their lives time of endeavor's life the moustache i mean there's a lot to discuss just on that but (laughs) what did you think how would you compare this to previous endeavor episodes i really enjoyed it i think like you say, it's sort of like somewhat of a, a soft reboot. So there are slight changes in tone. I, I mean, the advertising has been all sort of like suggesting it's a lot darker. And to an extent, it is a bit darker. But it is... I, I don't think that should put anybody off. Would you say if... it's gruffer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say it's gruffer. I'd say it's gruffer. I'd say... I'd say that with the moustache, Endeavour is definitely gruffer. A bit more gruff. <laughs> it does reflect well with the change, the overall change that's been going through from the previous series. It does feel like 
an organic change. It doesn't feel like a sort of sharp left turn or anything. So it does really compare uh, compare well to previous series of Endeavour. The, the mystery was really intriguing. Young girls going missing is an awful thing and it's always compelling. The resolution got a bit confusing for me because there's so many faces in there. It was hard to keep track of who was who and who was connected to who. And it yeah. kind of had the two, kind of had an ending and then another ending in as much yeah. as you thought they'd solved it and then, oh no, they haven't. And it turns out it's this sort of photographer who drugs, who keeps these girls and takes photos of them and things. And it, it's it was chilling. Endeavour is one of the classiest shows on television and something that ITV should be very proud of and should shout about more. But whenever I sit down to start an endeavour, I always think, wow, two hours. And I know that's a horrible yeah. thing to say. And I should have the the concentration and capacity to watch two hours without panicking. And I do, because when I watch it, I really enjoy it. But there's always that feeling of, it's a lot, it's a, it is a lot, two hours. It's a big commitment. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's sort of by the by and may well get edited out of the podcast because, <laughs> because it is a really compelling story. And I think yeah. I am looking forward to seeing how this series progresses because I was kind of worried that they were going to have to find ways of shoehorning Roger Lamb's character in again. Because yeah. so we all like the Thursday and Endeavour uh, dynamic, but mm. so they had to find a way of doing it. But I think Russell Lewis... Is such a talent and knows the characters so well that it, it all just feels very organic. And it's about time a pelican turned up in a period crime drama as well. <laughs> so I was very pleased that we got a pelican in yeah. a crime drama on a Sunday night on ITV. Matt, your views, which I'm guessing may be somewhere in the middle of what I said. And no, what... no, no, no. I, I completely agree. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, when we had Chris on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and, and he was talking about cold feet, saying, like, you know, he always sort of is trepidatious when he goes into cold feet, but as soon as he starts watching it, it's mm. like, yeah, you know, I really my, enjoyed that's it. That's my idea. That's my thoughts. That's my yeah, idea. on Endeavour. Like, you know, you're there. You're sort of in that world. I liked how it was really, really dark. There's this sort of thread about Thursday's past that this new murder investigation... Yeah, the the prime suspect is someone he came across when he was doing the murder investigation yeah. years previously, and it sort of forces him to reevaluate his his past almost in a way. Mm. Um, I liked, as you mentioned as well, the comedy with the Anton Lesser character and the sort of you know road safety video. I'm glad as well that they're back because they're back to four episodes, aren't they? They were six yeah. last year. And it seems like that would help for me i think the six episodes sort of slowed down the pace a little bit last year mm. and this year it feels like they've got this sort of central thread where it's strange isn't it who's who's desperate to sort of look into fancy's murder a little bit more yeah. and and that seems to be the thread that's going to move throughout this series this episode was getting the band back together really wasn't it you knew by mm. the end they'd be closer to each other and things like that They've done it before, haven't they, where they've had Endeavour not be in the police force or something like that, and they've had to yeah. tempt him back in. So it felt a little bit samey, but different enough. And I know mm. we're in 1969 now, and, and this Sunday just gone, we had, the, there's an episode with, the, is it the moon landings we've got? Yeah, the Apollo so, landings. Yeah, so I do like how they thread in real world events. I remember when they had the World Cup, 66 World Cup a few mm. years ago. It's a lovely show to look at as well, because obviously you're in the Oxfordshire countryside, 
it's really well directed. It's just a really good crime drama, and I don't think ITV promote it enough. It well, almost don't feels shout about it half no. as much as yeah. they should. It feels like it's just slotted into Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All those are like the Vera's and the, um, I'm struggling now. <laughs> I suppose <laughs> the Grand Chester's maybe. Yeah. Do they still make Midsummer Murders? They do, yeah. You yeah, think they've stopped and they murders, end up yeah. doing it. Uh, yeah. okay. But no, I really enjoyed it and I'm glad it's back. And, you know, it's up against... Baptiste, and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, which one gets the more the most viewers when they're head to head. You're listening to the Custard TV podcast, the official podcast of thecustardtv.com. Uh, well, I was listening to what Matt's saying, but I was also having a mini panic in my head because you have quite eloquently both delivered a good synopsis of both Baptiste. And endeavour. And, and he was worried I've, that it hadn't recorded. And now I've got to do trapdoor grey zone. Oh, I'm right. not sure I really <laughs> understood the plots of either. But let's go with trapped. The I'll other... hold your hand, Luke, through trapped. You get <laughs> okay. I, remember, I can't actually see you. So I'll, if I become meta- disconnected, metaphor- metaphorically, hold yeah. your okay. hand through the power so... of audio. <laughs> <laughs> There's another catchphrase for you. <laughs> So, uh, series two of this fantastic Icelandic drama kicked off uh, with the usual foreign drama double bill on Saturday nights on BBC Four. This is Andre, who we mentioned earlier, oddly enough, coming back to the sort of area that he left in series one after the traumatic events of that series. Before we start, Will, when I asked you to watch Trapped, did you know what it was? Had you heard about it? Had you seen series one? Uh, I mean, I've seen quite a lot of um, naughty, scandy dramas. So yeah. when you first when you first suggested it, I was like, do I remember watching this or am I thinking of something else? Uh, yeah. But no, I, I have watched it before and uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, hold thought... fire, hold fire. I've got to do my hound holding. It's run down. <laughs> Let's find out how much you enjoyed it in a second. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sorry, uh, I'm too keen. Yeah, so this is the second series. So that, like, much like Endeavor, it spent a lot of time getting the band back together in the middle part where Andre was sort of a lot quicker re- though. Reunited with his yeah. um, police partners, but this started off with a, such a shocking, mm. such a shocking beginning that I mm. put on Twitter. It's I thought I'd seen everything in the crime drama genre which is harder to say than I first imagined when I started to say that sentence. But this really stuck... I mean, you said about 
Baptiste, but I sort of was not underwhelmed, but sort of not as stunned by that. Felt whereas, more generic, didn't it? Whereas this, where a guy grabs hold of a, po- a female politician and sets them both alight. I think because it happens so quickly, Within both into the, the episode, seconds and, of the episode, and the, and the action itself was so quick. It was it's, like literally grabbed her, lit them yeah. both on fire. That was it's it was literally crazy. so quick. Never seen anything like that. Mm. Uh, and it turns out that the politician that uh, he set this guy has set light to, he dies, she su- survives. Mm. And this is, in, this is in Reykjavik, isn't it, where yeah. Andre's now working? It turns out they're actually related. They're twin brother and sister, and uh, he's sort of become estranged from his family. Here's where Matt comes in with the hand-holding, because this is all about the environmental effects of building and the effects mm. on the economy they're building like a smelting is it a smelting plant the building in the town yes i believe mm. so yeah and so it's about the economic effects mm. of that and annoyed farmers who think that their livestock are going to be affected and and things of that nature and it is a really engrossing i know we watched the first double bill so episodes one and two and you say you've seen a lot of Scandinavian pieces and yes we have but this because of the setting and because of the way the police interact with one another and the environment feels very different to all the others, it's sort of more settled in the world than some of the others. Mm. Although it has that heightened sense that I mentioned at the beginning, it manages to keep its feet very on the ground and tell quite an organic and relevant story. Will, did you enjoy it by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I did. Um, the fact that it is more grounded in the world uh, helps it a lot mm. because sometimes I feel uh, with some of the ones that I've seen is that there's almost like a bit of a disconnect between the drama and sort of like the landscape that it's set in. Like you'll have some scenes of drama and then oh look a lovely fjord or oh look a lovely mountain or something. Whereas this feels like you say, organic, it, it, it doesn't feel as if it could be set anywhere else, no. in a way. It, it, it feels very much rooted in um, the world that it's set in. I particularly liked the uh, ending of the first episode, because it, 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 it gave me real impetus to watch the second one i felt like oh i, I felt it, it gave me the feeling of binge watching and i so think yeah. sorry to sorry to cut you off chris but i think as well you thought the character who was hung it's, not, I, not, I, it's I, will sorry, not will, will, will sorry will <laughs> <laughs> sorry to get your name wrong as well <laughs> the the guy who was hanging at the end of the first episode you thought would be a integral character to mm. it you know he was going around asking about andre what's andre like and and his son, you saw, was quite involved in the plot as well. And then you, you see that he's dead and it's just like, you know, it changes the course of the of the episode and the series and it sort of challenges your preconceptions a little bit. They seem to make a, a um, conscious effort as well because it was called Trapped, presumably, because the first series they were all sort of trapped in this snowy, mm. icy place while they tried to hunt down this murderer. This had a very different feel because we're in a different time of year. The landscape is very different, and it it, it just I just it is one of the best foreign dramas. We get a ton of them now, but when they're good, they really raise the stakes, and this is one of them. I will say again, there was a tiny bit throughout episode one, not so much 
throughout episode two, but episode one, when it seems like they're all related and you're trying to, mm. trying to work out. I agree who's this more to so who. with this. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, you no, I, I agree with you here because. And this woman was married to both brothers. Yes. And now she has she got a child by the first yeah. brother or the second brother. Certain elements, you know, they bring in, as you say, these sort of the socioeconomic look. And they did that in the first series to an extent, didn't they? They were talking about selling part of the waterfront, weren't they? They were trying to yeah. build like a marina or something like that. Um, and here it's the sort of the selling to foreign investors there's sort of almost like racial overtones with the certain like muslims coming into the area mm. the it the, feels the the most contemporary the son is having a homosexual yeah. relationship with one of them as well so there's lots of different themes being explored but at the same time it is very character based one of the subplots is with andre coming back to this town after the events of series one and his daughter his older daughter um, has also moved back there to live with auntie because she's fallen out with her mum. And she's sort of almost like a rebellious team, but it's not done in a sort of stereotypical way. No, it, does, it way. doesn't feel cliche, that, really. It could so easily be, but it doesn't feel yeah. like Yeah, as well. And it's only something they've started to sort of tap the surface of with um, Himrinka, who's one of the other police officers. She's having sort of this, like, domestic unsettlement in the family home with her and her husband. She invites Andre to stay rather than stay at a hotel, which I think is to sort of smooth the cracks. He's part of this this group called the Hammer of Thor, which is the main sort of vigilante group. He's sort of there protesting with them. So there's, there's obviously tensions there. So I like how mm. it sort of balances these sort of big real-world themes with the mystery elements and with the sort of character elements as well. Mm. Uh, you know it was something I hadn't realised how much I missed it until you hear that really awesome theme tune from yeah. uh, the now late Johan Johansson and the the opening title set credits the, the, the three person policing team I really enjoy that those sort of dynamics and I like the basics of it the fact that they have to stay over at night in case yeah. somebody escapes from the jail yeah. you know, yeah. I really like the, the, the lead performance as well I'm going to butcher this name now um Olafur Dari Olafsson. Um, oh, that was a mess. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I just think he is sort of such a charismatic presence. He's sort of likeable, but he can get, you know, Andre can get tough when he needs to as well. Mm. I'm, re I'm really looking forward to watching some more. This is my, this is the fa my favourite show that we've watched this week, certainly out of these three sort of crime shows. This just has something about it that feels so tangible and, and so authentic that I just want to spend more time there. Have we made you into a Trapped fan, Will? Will you carry on with the series? Yes, I think so. I, I really that enjoyed the first That sounded very episode. convincing. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, I think so. <laughs> Trapped continues Saturdays at nine, two episodes a week. I believe there is 10 so it's going to be on for the next five weeks and i do like the fact that it's 10 and we're going to tell a really long form story mm. there trapped one of the best foreign dramas you'll ever see and it's on saturday night it's on bbc4 we'd love to hear from you drop us an email custard tv reviews at gmail.com shall i do gray zone so you don't so we'd have to hold hands again
<laughs> well, yeah, I'm getting a bit clammy. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. So we've got Grey Zone, which is the latest sort of um, thing that Walter has presented. Um, it's a, it's another Scandi drama. It focuses primarily on sort of two women who are tangentially caught up in a sort of potential um, Scandinavian terrorist attack. We've got a um, a Swedish um, police detective called Eva who, again, a, a really sort of compelling opening scene, which seems to be a sort of uh, recurring theme here, where, you know, they, they pull this lorry over. I mean, I was thinking, like, Asylum Seekers or something like that, because I hadn't sort of read what the basic well, premise Well, you're very UK, aren't you, anyway, so yeah. you'd think that. Well, but there was, like, there was sealed-up compartments yeah. of the mm. thing, and you normally think, oh, there'll be, like, illegal or drugs, and they open it up, and it's a blooming big sort of nuclear warhead. <laughs> Eva becomes embroiled in the investigation and joins this team that are looking into it. There's this um, undercover officer that, who's who's got a past. And, and then there's a, a separate story um, in Denmark. We meet Victoria, played by another name I'm going to butcher. Or shall I just say... Just Katrine say Katrine from Morgan. Morgan, that'll help. Um, but <laughs> she plays Victoria, who's in the midst of perfecting um, technology of her Sparrow Sat. Which is a drone that is going to um, it's transporting is it crops to third world countries? That's sort yeah. of what its yeah. what its main aim is going to be. But then there's this man who pretends to be her old college friend, now working as a journalist, and he uses sort of the ruse of doing an interview with her in a home to basically kidnap her, which is how the first episode ends. That first episode ended in the wrong place. Would be yeah. my first. Have, you, have we all just watched the one, or have we? Because it's all up on uh, on our Water Presents on the uh, all four. Is it I, just the I, first I, one I watched, watched? I watched the first one, but then because I, I, I wanted to know kind of what happened in the next few minutes, I I watched like, cheated, basically fifteen minutes of the second <laughs> yeah. one because yeah. I do feel like that episode ended so bizarrely. That, that wasn't supposed to be the end, so I decided it wasn't. <laughs> this is not the end. end. I refuse to believe. I refuse that to believe the that they, even though they put credits here, I don't think it's going to be the end for me. Because I started this and I was thinking, I love Trapped and I enjoyed the beginning of this. Why isn't this something that BBC Four bought? You know, because Katrine from Borgen, I love her. I think she's a really interesting swing presence. I wonder why BBC Four didn't buy this. And then sort of sort of 15 20 minutes in i thought this is more of your generic itv foreign drama where mm. it mm-hmm. doesn't really have much of a hook really is the drone sales lady really that interesting and i i do i, I know it sounds silly me saying that episode ended in the wrong place i'll tell you what happens in the in the first 5 minutes of the second episode she's held hostage in in her home in that living room with the guy who she invited round under the guise of a journalist, and uh, he's there with another guy holding a gun to her face. He shows her son on the laptop who's away in Paris, and he's there on his own, and he says, I have people in Paris that will kill him if you don't go through with what I tell you to do. And he says, we're, we're going today, I think it is, to Berlin for some reason. And then it goes on with the uh, the police investigation. Because it was Berlin who originally t- tipped yes. off the Swedish mm, police yeah. to to investigate the lorry wasn't it and that was a good place to end that first episode yeah. saying you're we're going on a journey and if you stay in the thing i'm gonna you know have your kid disposed of that's awful but a yeah. better hook mm. for, for a leading yeah. to the next episode 
when it went pleasey, I was not as engaged as the pleasey elements in Trapped. I thought they were mm. quite dull, and I thought the police characters were quite dull. Whenever I was with her, I was really like, this is interesting. I love Katrine from Borgen. She can do no wrong. Please don't harm her. But yeah, I don't know. I've, I have all of them, should I wish to, as we all do on all four. But I think it's another case of another thing that Walter has presented that isn't quite up to standard or up to my standard of foreign drama. But let's just say before we start, it wasn't awful. And I think it doesn't help yeah. that we watched Trapped as well. And that's yeah. now the thing we compare everything else to. Uh, how did you get on reading this? I think the main issue that I had with it was that you would kind of expect, and maybe I'm just being a bit silly here, but you, I would have thought you would have expected that someone who was working for a company that was developing these drones might have been a bit more cautious about inviting someone into her home and then, you know, the whole her being taken hostage thing happening. Mm. I know that it was meant to be her old college friend and all that sort of thing, but I don't know, I would have just thought that someone working in a situation like that where you would have been vulnerable to getting kidnapped and information about the, the drones being uh, extracted from you would have been a bit more mm. cautious. Because I had, I had like butterflies when her and her colleagues were all in the taxi together. Towards the end, I thought, oh, there's going to be a big accident and she's going to get kidnapped yeah. then and grabbed out of the car. And it was, it, it was all yeah. very telegraphed because whenever that character came on screen, there was slightly suspicious music playing. And, you know, he was an Asian gentleman, and you're thinking... <laughs> you're very UKIP today, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he was, was an, a, he was an Asian gentleman. You know, yeah. it would have been good if it was it was a white character instead of, you know, another, who I'm assuming at this stage is a, is a Muslim terrorist. Yeah. It felt very 24 to me. Yeah. 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 It seemed obvious where it was going, that this woman is going to be end- ended up, you know, in some mm. level of peril... And I agree with you, well, she was the more interesting character of the two because the other end was sort of generic police even though there's this intrigue over the, the male cop that there's some sort of past that he's, there's obviously someone who's in witness protection that he's not allowed to see. That's what I read when, when his boss mm. went to pick him up from the soup kitchen and there, yeah. was, that odd, there was that odd scene where he was chopping carrots. Yeah. Are we going to continue with this, anyone? Or well, Luke sort of did and then didn't. Yeah. Well, no, um, no, I just I wanted a proper ending. Um, I just thought, uh, I'll decide. Okay. No, you know, and um, with carrots, I mean, you I, can't I, go wrong with carrots. I've said this before that the Walter Presents model for me as a TV viewer doesn't work because now grey zone is all there online it's not on tv it's all there online so you're not gonna see people on social media or things going all that episode of grey zone where dot 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 happened was really intriguing didn't see it happening it's sort of hidden away online where someone might happen upon it and watch it and enjoy it but you'll never have that conversation around it Uh, whereas something like baptiste although i don't think i'm going to continue you're going to at least see people's reactions to it and they're either going to be like mine going, this is a bit of a damp squib, or they're going to go, wow, that took a turn I wasn't expecting and it might intrigue me to carry on. So if you want to, though, all four is where you go for the rest of Grey Zone. No hyphen. Mistake? (laughs) I think so. It's all one word. Uh, It's there on all four now as part of Walter Presents. 
Before oh, yeah. um, we torture Will with Boxmaster, should we just quickly <laughs> touch on, on the rewind feature that we... Yes, we thought of? so we keep messing about with this. Here is the deal. This is what we want, and we're, I'm going to put a poll up on uh, the old Twitter sphere, on our Twitters individually, at TV and at Bites, but also on the all-important podcast feed, which is at Pod. We want to find a We may well ignore the results of the poll. Yeah, right. We've got a couple of criteria for this. We want a show either we've never seen or we've seen but couldn't discuss. And the idea of this is like those old-fashioned story tapes where we all watch a chapter or an episode every podcast and discuss it, and we're all on the same page, and we can all be part of the conversation. Uh, the parameters of this is it needs to be on a streaming platform, so easily accessible, be that all for BBC iPlayer, Amazon, or uh, Netflix. What so about far, the ITV hub? I told you the four we're choosing, <laughs> and those are the four we're using. Uh, those are the parameters, so if you've got any suggestions, Matt's leaning close to uh, Channel 4's teen drama Skins, which... Uh, you didn't watch a lot of. I didn't watch a I lot think, of it. And I, I think did. each episode has enough sort of uniqueness to it yeah. to, to warrant a conversation. And that is an example of something that is all there on all four. And we'll yeah. think of a couple other suggestions. If there's something that you want to suggest, now is the time, because we've been procrastinating over this for quite some time. So the rewind... If you want to be a part of it and suggest a show, several ways of getting in touch are individual Twitters, the Custard TV Pod on Twitter, or if you've got loads and you just, you know, you can't stop yourself talking and therefore Twitter isn't the best place for that due to the lack of characters. We've got an email as well. Custard TV Reviews within us at the end there, if I'm not enunciating correctly, at gmail.com. Get in touch with a couple of shows that either, perhaps it's on a, a mythical list of of shows that you've wanted to watch and just haven't had a reason to, or perhaps there's a show that you've loved that you'd like to reinvest some time in and you want us to discuss episode by episode each week on the podcast. That is the rewind. And now, just as just as Will lets out a little laugh, it's time to put him <laughs> under the spotlight in a very gruff oh, and hyphenated right. edition. Because <laughs> Boxmaster's normally one word. I've made it one word. On this occasion, I'm going to hyphenate it. It's time for Box hyphen master okay let's begin will i'm assuming you've listened to some of these at this point so you know how it works Three points for the questions, um, six points for the bonuses, and your bonus choices today are uh-huh. either Lost in Translation or The Replacements. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Mm. I'm going to go for The Replacements. I might regret this. Oh, okay. So, starting with some, some standard questions. Can, can we just say as well, uh, what's, the, what's the score to beat? Score to beat, I believe Rob got 16 last time, so yes. that, and that, was the, that was the top score. So, no, question number one. What were the first names of Agents Mulder and Scully in the X-Files? Oh, um, uh, Fox and Dana. Oh, well done. Question number two. Thornhill Community Academy was the main setting of which Channel 4 series? Ah, uh, God. Um, I know this. 
Is it? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go with a punt. Is it the in between us? No. Luke. Oh. It's my, one of my favourite shows in recent memory, Educating Essex. No. Oh, no, Educating Yorkshire. Sorry. <laughs> 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 it's the way I said it with such comment. Educating Yorkshire. Okay, um, question number three, your first bonus, the replacements. Who was replaced um, as both the host of Room 101 and they think it's all over being succeeded by Paul Merton and Lee Mack respectively oh oh, um oh god uh was it Angus Deaton no Luke do you know Nick Hancock yeah well done so you should have played Stoke's own Stoke's own question number four some people stand in the darkness afraid to step into the light. Some people need to help somebody when the end of Surrender's in sight are the first lines of the theme tune to which American series? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> this isn't going well. Do you, do you want me uh, to repeat it? No, no, no. I want you to sing it. <laughs> that, would, that, would, that would be too much of a... Yeah, no, I, I, you don't have to sing it. Um, Good. Again, this is, <laughs> this is going to be a complete and utter pun. Was it Smallville? No, Luke. Oh. I was going to go for the Muppets, so I don't know. <laughs> no, you were <laughs> you liar. No, 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 no. It's much more lowbrow than that. It was Baywatch. Some people stand in the darkness Afraid to step into the light Oh. oh. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready? No, um, It's kind of your fault. Uh, Will for being so young. That's the... <laughs> yeah, you've come no, no. handicapped. Don't call him Will Young. Young. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question number five. The League of Gentlemen is set in the fictional town of Royston Vasey, but is the real name of which comedian who featured briefly in the series? Roy Chubby Brown. Oh, well done. Okay, so um, we're on to the second um, replacements question oh, no. bonus. Neil Stook replaced Ben Chaplin as the lead in which 1990s sitcom? Men Behaving Badly? No, Luke, do you oh. know? I was going to go Game On. Game mm. On is the correct oh. answer. There was a replacement there because Neil Morrissey did replace um, Harry Enfield, but it was yeah. a different character, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, mm. question, question number seven. The sitcoms Red Dwarf, 2.4 Children, and Goodnight Sweetheart all ended their original BBC runs in which year? 1999. Oh, well done. I think that's the first first time uh, someone's got a year question right, so well done. Oh, great. Excellent. The short-lived HBO series Luck, which starred Dustin Hoffman and Nick Nolte, primarily centred around which sport... Slash pastime. Oh, um, uh, horse racing. Well done. Oh, God, Google's working oh, wow. out well for you. <laughs> <laughs> and your last bonus: the replacements. Who has replaced Matthew Wright as the host of Channel 5's morning talk show? Jeremy Vine. Oh, well oh. done. And finally. 
Uh, the judging lineup of which ITV talent show featured Lawrence Lowell in Bowie and the Meatloaf in its first series and Simon Callow and Vanessa May in its second series. <laughs> oh, what? Um, <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Um, this is just um, going to be have to be an utter punk. Yeah. Was a uh, stars in your eyes? That is just a complete and utter punt. Luke, do you know? <laughs> Pop star to opera star. A pop star to opera oh. star. But, well, 18 points. Oh, no what? way! <laughs> Stop the leaderboard. So, the oh, idea wow. seems to be... Everyone gets top every week now. <laughs> well, congratulations on getting top of the leaderboard. Congratulations on being our first hyphenated guest. That is, have we have we got any other hyphen related questions? Because this may be the last time. If I'd known this would be the recurring theme, I would have put some sort of hyphen related <laughs> question. In, Hindsight's in, a wonderful thing, yeah, isn't it? It's a box it <laughs> I actually have hyphenated horse racing as one of the answers. Oh! So. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we managed to get it into the quiz as well. That's yeah, there excellent. you go. Where can people find you on Twitter, Will? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Blackadder345. I realise we keep missing this out of every podcast we've done this year. Um, if you want the ways to listen to this podcast... Um, oh yes, people don't know how to hear it. No, no. Um, <laughs> well, they don't know the many and varied ways they might be able to listen to it. That's Obviously, um, iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called these days. A five-star review, please, and some kind words there. Um, we are on Spotify. We are on the old um, TuneIn app, if you have one of those funky devices in your in your living room. Uh, we're also on Stitcher and a lot of those um, smartphone apps. Um, you can also um, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter at Costa TV Pod, and um, as Luke said, uh, contact us on email reviews at gmail.com. And what yeah. are we talking about next week? Well, it's funny you ask that because I do know <laughs> what we're going to discuss. Uh, as I mentioned, Alan Partridge returns with this time with Alan Partridge. That's on uh, next, not this coming Monday, but next. Not yesterday. Well, no, it, yes. no, it is. <laughs> it is. Sorry, I forget that we're somehow in the future. It is coming on Monday alongside another BBC One comedy, in her quotes, uh, called Warren, starring Martin Clears. We'll discuss both of those. Um, and then also we'll discuss a new W drama. I don't think we've ever discussed a W drama that's called Flack. And new Netflix superhero business with the Umbrella Academy. And we'll be joined by cult box writer Sophie Davis who unfortunately has no hyphen. Thank you very much Will. Matt and I will be back with another TV Obsessive for the next edition of the Custard TV Podcast. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. I think that it's programs like this that help people realise that they're not alone. Search the Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.